morning, folks. I'm Brenton, part of the Infused team here. Um, firstly, when I share my testimony, I want to just say I'm not sharing this because I, I'm anything special or that I've got any special ability. Um, I just want to give God the glory and I also believing that I can impart something into your life. I'd like to share two things recently. Um, one, I'm a pest controller, by the way, and I went out and did some work out at Humbug Scrub. And I've been out at this property about five years now, every year, and it's a new age centre. A uh, lady out there's been involved in um, a new age business for 20, 30 years. And um, knocked on the door, and they knew I was coming. No answer, and I thought I might be out for a walk. Uh, so I went down, I checked out all the new age centre and walked around the property and felt the heaviness like usual and, and always pray through it. So I knocked on the door and the lady's saying, oh, I'm coming. So she comes out and she starts sharing that she um, has had uh, three like seizures and that she's got to be careful when she walks. And she started talking death over herself. She says, oh, my mother lived till she was 100, but I'm in my late 60s. And, and I thought, oh, all right. And so after she went off to get the money, I just felt a prompting to pray for her. And I thought, hang on a minute, she's a new age teacher. How is she going to take that? So she went to get the money. I quickly walked out the door because I, I just felt the, the heaviness in there. And, I, and, I, and I'll be honest, I, I was thinking... No, no, I was thinking, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, no, nah, she's going to take it all the wrong way. So I went out and prayed. And when I prayed, I just prayed for the Holy Spirit to give me the boldness and the courage. And I just felt his strength. And I felt his power come upon me. But I was, the thing was, I was moved by God's love and compassion. And that was the key to it. So I went back in, she come up, and I said, I'm a Christian. And I want to pray for God's healing for you. And you know what she did? She just went, wow, like that, you know. Wow, yes, you know, I need it. And I thought, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too bad. So I laid my hands on her and I just said, Lord, I pray for your blessing. Lord, I pray for your healing power to come upon her. Lord, I just pray for your grace that she may know you. And that was it. I just felt God say, stop. Stopped. And then um, she just hugged me like that. It's, oh, I just needed that. And then, and, um, then she started rambling on about all this new age stuff. You know, I put it out there, the universe, and I just listened. I used to be in the new age. I know what it's all about. And, um, and then um, <clears throat> she, really, what really got me was she says, oh, years ago, about 20 years ago, I had terminal cancer when I was in England. There were six churches praying for me, and they had a prayer board. And I got healed. And I said, yeah, we got a prayer board at our church. And I said, oh, secretly, and her name's up there, Marilyn, um, I'll secretly pray for God's healing for you. <laughs> And she just lapped it up. And she hugged me again as I walked out the door and said, oh, thank you so much for the prayer. And <clears throat> I've still got a couple of minutes. <laughs> I went to a moving cell the other day and I bought something for someone in need. And I said, oh, and, and when I first went there, this lady said, 
I said to the lady, what, what are you moving, are you? And, and she said, yeah, I've come down from Queensland. My son, who's 27, he had three children there. He only lived down the road here. And they were in a tragic accident out here recently, um, Chain of Ponds, you might have heard about it. Head on, his partner got killed. He got messed up and left three children behind. Um, cute little children. So I bought this TV and I, I, I didn't have the heart. I said, oh, I just can't take it at the moment. When are you going Friday? I said, be back Friday night. And the guy, he, he was real shy and all messed up and he, he wouldn't really talk. And the mother, I sh- she was sharing with me, he's just a total mess and, you know, he can't get it together. And so I went home told Cathy. I said, what are we going to do? I mean, they're leaving. He doesn't know God. We, we, we just can't be quiet. He's got, he's got to know his grace or something. So I, I've got two minutes. I'm going to make it real quick. Um, so I went back there um, only the other night. Uh, to pick up the TV, and his mother wasn't there, fortunately. She'd come down from Queensland, and, and I started sharing with the guy, and, and I said, man, I know what it's like. I lost my, well, my stepdaughter. She's like my own daughter in the car accident. I know the pain. And he said, yeah, man. He says, oh, it's just so hard. And I said, said my, he said, my children are pulling it, you know, pulling it together for me. And I just started sharing with him. And I said to him, listen, mate, I'm a Christian. I want to pray for you. And he just went, yeah, like, all right, that's not too hard, again. And so I laid hands on him, and, you know, the power of agreement's quite powerful. He's agreed that we'll pray, like, he agreed that we'll pray together. So I prayed that when he goes back to Queensland, that he's going to find God. I prayed that wherever he goes, God's going to open up doors. I prayed for work for him. I prayed for God's healing and, and that is the, for God's grace and through that he'll find some understanding in it all. And to be honest, I can't remember half the other stuff I prayed. And something just broke in him. I believe the mother said that they, he was going back to Queensland because he knew no one. He was all alone. I don't think he'd even talked to someone. And um, so, yeah, that, that's just what God's been doing. And, and he's got another assignment. There's a guy in Bauhanu who's got terminal cancer. The mother told me that he's, he's, he's more or less dead. He's going to die. He's got three children or two children or three. So now I felt God's leading me to go and pray for him and not only pray for him but to ask God into his life. And I want to tell you, I'll be honest, it's not easy. I feel the fear, I feel like, you know, I feel like, oh, no, I can't do it, you know, um, no one's special, but if you ask the Holy Spirit, and, and Luke said this morning, he, in the meeting about asking the Holy Spirit, he'll give you the strength, he'll give you the power, he'll give you the wisdom, he'll give the right words to say, and it's not as hard as what we think, it really isn't. Um, my time's up, zero. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'd just like to um, open up for prayer. Anyone who would like me to pray right now for God's, um, um, just for his strength and wisdom and that when they're in that situation that the Holy Spirit will give them the ability to speak out. And um, so I'll pray right now. Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, just have your way in us. Lord, that 
when we find ourselves in a similar situation, Lord, yes, we will. We, we may be fearful, we may have doubts, and we may want to walk away. But Lord, I just pray the Holy Spirit will come, empower us, give us strength. Your healing power will come. Your anointing will break open people's hearts, Lord. Father, the, it's, the, time is, the, the time is now, not, not tomorrow or next week. Father, I just pray right now, Father, for your, just, just for your anointing to come upon these precious people. Thank you, Lord. Let's welcome Kent as Kent comes and shares his story. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I have a new hobby. It's uh, driving a taxi. It's a very interesting hobby. You get paid to uh, drive people places and talk to them. Uh, you get paid to help little old ladies with their groceries and... You also get to help drunk people home safely. <laughs> so far, no one has spewed in my car. And for that, I'm truly grateful to God. <laughs> but that's not my testimony. Um, this morning, I just wanted to share with you a story of one of my customers. Um, I'm going to call him Bob. That's not his real name. Um, but Bob, he's a social worker. And he can't drive right now because of an injury he sustained while, while working. He's a hard worker and a very passionate man and cares deeply about people with disabilities and you can tell that by the way he talks. Uh, he's also a family man with a wife and two children, two young children. A bit over a week ago, Bob got into my taxi and this was the third time I'd driven him. So there's about 45 minutes between here where I picked him up and, and his home and it's a long drive so there's plenty of time to talk. I asked him how he was going um, and he proceeded to tell me that his marriage is falling apart. His wife wants him out of their house, etc, etc. He also said he needed to book a counsellor but that he hadn't been able to get one because, like, as you probably might know, that lots of counsellors get booked out in advance. So he wasn't able to get a counsellor and he was desperately wanting to talk to someone. Well, I just I said to him, well, actually, I have a graduate certificate in counselling. So, you know, we've got time. Why don't you just talk to me now? Um, so I did listen to him all the way home. Uh, he opened up and he talked and he talked and he talked. It was like the floodgates just opened. Uh, he told me so much I could really feel his pain. Um, when we got to his house, I knew that he badly needed prayer. So I just asked, just like Brenton <laughs> did before, I asked him if, if I could pray for him and he said yes. And... I prayed for him and um, I said, you know, if you need to contact someone, like, here's my number, you can ring me if you need to. Um, I haven't heard from him yet, but 
and I, and I don't know the outcome of those prayers, but I want to encourage you, and I guess this is maybe the theme for today, to be, be bold. There's a world, a world of hurt out there. Bob's not the only one. <laughs> and lots of people are just waiting for someone to listen to them. So we've got, I've got two and a half minutes <laughs> left. I wonder if we could firstly pray for Bob and then maybe pray for boldness. Yeah. So Father, we just thank you for Bob, who's not really Bob, but you know who he is. <laughs> and um, I know right now, like he'd be going through a lot of stuff, just so much hardship and pain emotionally. I pray for a reconciliation with his wife. Pray for um, him to find people to help him and that he's not alone. I pray, Lord, that you would meet him in this time of need. And we just lift him up now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And if you are in the... If you're finding yourself having these kind of encounters with people, I'll just encourage you all to just take that step and just say, hey, would you like me to pray for you? That's pretty much all you've got to say. And like, if they say no, well, that's it, so what? But usually they say yes. So, so Father, I just pray for boldness in all of us, Lord, that um, you would release a new boldness to, to speak to people, to ask them if they need prayer, to uh, be witnesses for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, a minute early. Woo! Thanks, mate. Let's welcome Gina as Gina comes and shares her story. Again. <laughs> um, for the last nine years, one of my um, personal things I love to do for time for me is to go scrapbooking. And I go most weeks on a Tuesday and uh, to the same place. Anyway, last Tuesday got down there and I meet one of my best friends there and there was only two of us in the shop for the whole day except for the two ladies that work there behind the counter. It's very unusual. There's usually classes and other people doing their own thing so you're usually surrounded by a lot of people. Anyway, Julie came in and she said... Um, oh, she started clearing up some papers and we said, oh, what are you doing? She said, oh, someone's just rung they're coming in to do their own thing. And I just jokingly said, oh, do we like them? Because, you know, it was just two of us there. And she said, I actually don't know her. Um, so this lady arrived and introduced herself. Her name was Carolyn. So Hilary and I introduced herself back. And um, we said, oh, do you come here often? She said, very, very rarely do I come. It's only if I get stuck or really need some help. So thus explained why over nine years we'd never encountered her. So just general chit-chat like ladies do. And talking about family and what she was doing. And then she said, oh, it's been really difficult, actually. Um, my youngest daughter went into premature labour at 24 weeks and had a baby boy who died. And we said, oh, you know, that's a really hard thing. We're really, really sorry. And um, she said, yeah, it's been a really hard week. And I just, I think I was a bit taken back. And I said, has this just happened? She said, yeah, at the end of last week. And um, I said, I know how you feel. Seven years ago, we had a granddaughter born at 21 weeks who didn't make it. And 
it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see your children go through that. It's heartbreaking as a grandparent to, to go through that. And um, she said, yes. I said, oh, you know, what was his, what's his name? And it's na- his name's Walter, which we sort of had a bit of a giggle about Walter. She thought it was funny too. Anyway, I said, oh, are they going to have a service for him? And she said, no, they just want to get him cremated and scatter his ashes. And um, I said, well, what our kids did, and it was three weeks after Eva was actually born, they decided to have just a little memorial service down at the park and release some balloons and they kept her ashes for five years and stuff. And she said, oh, she said, well, my daughter's not religious and neither's her partner, so I don't think they want to do anything at all. Conversation finished. Hillary got up to go and pay her account. And I just... It was just sitting in here, just this... I wanted to say something and I knew I needed to, but I'm a bit like the guys. You just... It's that fear. And for me, it's fear of rejection. That, you know, what if they said, oh, no, don't. But... In the end, I thought, no, I got up and I walked around and I said, Carolyn, can I give you a hug from one grandma to another? And she put her arms out and she said, oh, that'd be lovely. So I gave her a hug and she just cried. And then I said, Carolyn, I'm not religious, but I am a Christian. And she said, I understand I grew up in the Baptist church. And I said, well, I'm going to pray for you and for, well, you know, for your family. So I prayed for them all and um, we cried together. And then it was like, you can't leave it there. You can't leave it there. So I thought, oh, this isn't... I'm not an evangelist, okay? I hug people. I feed people. I'm not an evangelist. And this has been a real barrier for me that I don't know all the words of the scripture. I don't know how to be bold and lead people to Jesus. And so there's this thing, that's what I've got to be. I don't. I can hug and love people. I can have that compassion that Jesus has. And he can use that. So I said to her, Carolyn, I really encourage you to revisit what you know about Jesus, whether you had faith in your youth. Please go back and explore that because without God, I couldn't have got through losing our granddaughter and he will help you through this. She said, thank you so much. So... I don't know if I'm going to see her again. She might now that she's met some. She might turn up at scrapbooking. I don't know. But one of the things, when I said to Pastor Gary, I'd like to share it, such a horrid thing to lose a child. But God, he can use that experience to help other people. And no, did he, did he want it to happen for that reason? No, no, no. But he wants us to grow. And then out of that, we can share with others, whether it is in a time of grief or if it's new age or losing a child in an accident. We've just got to switch on and let God use us. I didn't go in there that day and say, God, please put someone in my path that I can share the gospel with today. No, I didn't do that. I was just me. So... I just encourage you to be you, how you do it, but just, Luke actually said this morning, our job is to point people to Jesus. Let's use every situation that we can to do that. I went over. (laughs) So if you've, you know, when Pastor Gary said, just pray for people in that time. We've been praying for people for boldness. 
but I actually want to do a little bit different. If you've got something that's been a horrific experience in your life and it's still impacting on the way you feel about things and you still question why that happened, I'd just like to pray for you because God can use any situation that we go through to do something. So just raise your hand if you want me to pray for anyone that's been through a situation. Father, I just thank you that you love us, that you care about us, that, Lord, you just watch over us in every situation. And, Father, out of the bad, you can bring good. And, Father, for those that have their hands raised, Lord, I just pray that the the bad things will be released into something good that you can do in a positive and uplifting way for others. I thank you for them, Father, and I pray for healing, emotional healing in their life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Excellent. Thanks, Gina. Now we're going to hear from Jenny, and Jenny's going to share a, a God story as well. So let's welcome Jenny. Thank you. Well, my story is concerning my niece who lives in Melbourne. It was in September this year that she started, well, that because she had been having some seizures, she went to the doctor and was told she needed a brain biopsy. To have that, I thought that was just a little injection, you know, and but no, they had to cut her from one side of the forehead across to the other. I think it was 38 clips in there, a very invasive um, procedure. And the result of that biopsy, sadly, was that she has a geoblastoma brain tumour. For those who know, that's the worst news you can get. And added to that, she had had one 10 years before. When she was only in her 20s, she had one of these tumours. And God, uh, through surgery, through chemo, through radiotherapy, over a long period of time, God completely healed. That was absolutely miraculous. She was given nine years of good health and got her life back. She was able to marry and have a a little girl she has a five-year-old little girl so to find out in September that this journey was starting again was devastating especially the thought of having a little girl so we began to pray and I put her name on the board I um, put a prayer request in for healing for both salvation and healing and um We haven't heard a lot, so what the doctors decided was that she would have chemo in her own home, one tablet a day for a week and then three weeks break, and she was coping reasonably well with that with a lot of support because she's suffering fatigue, so she had a lot of support with her little girl. But we weren't, I wasn't hearing anyway because Melbourne is a way away and I couldn't just rush over there. So I wasn't hearing what was happening. But this week, on Wednesday, I got this email. Michelle had some good news with her scan this week. The tumour is responding well and quickly to the chemo, seemingly exceeding the doctor's expectations. So she was told it was inoperable. In September, but now the news is if it shrinks enough and in the right directions, 
they may be able to perform surgery. So we're thanking God for that news already. It's a part of the journey. It's not the end of the journey yet, but it's so encouraging. That's the first bit of good news we've had in the whole journey so far. So I'm praising God for that and believing my prayer now is that God would complete this healing, that the tumour will shrink completely and that she will once again be given healthy years added to her life to raise her little daughter. I'm sure you'd all agree with that. The word of God that I'm standing on is John 14, verses 13 and 14 in the Passion Translation. Jesus says, For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Father will show you what the Son is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. That's the word of God to us. So I'm asking him for the faith to stand on that word. So this morning, I wonder if there's a situation in your life that requires much faith and standing on the word of God that you are asking for something in the name of Jesus. Are there any of you in that situation? Well, this morning we're going to pray for whatever it is that you're asking God for and we're going to release our faith because I, what God is showing me is that I've prayed for a long time and I haven't always released faith, you know. But if we stand on the word of God and we exercise the measure of faith that we have, even if it's a mustard grain, we will see the Lord answer. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is true. You say whatever we ask for in Jesus' name, we will receive. And so I thank you that each and every person who raised their hands today and has a prayer in their heart, they will raise that up to you now in faith, believing you're hearing them in their heart and that you will answer for your glory. It is to give glory to God the Father. And my own prayer this morning is that in Jesus' name, you would completely eliminate the brain tumour in my niece Michelle so there is nothing left and that she will have healthy years added to her life and that she will live them knowing in Jesus Christ her Saviour and give you all the praise. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, just wanted to, uh, before we get um, Althea up to share her God story, just want to say that there's a couple of people in our congregation this morning that are facing health issues. Uh, we've got Ryan down the back who's uh, been diagnosed, and I've got their permission to share this this morning. 
is that Ryan has been diagnosed with a, a tumour, a benign tumour on the left side of his brain that, unless it's removed, is going to impact upon his hearing uh, and upon his ability to hear things. So we need to be holding up uh, Ryan in prayer this morning and also with Shale. Shale is uh, facing a, uh, a battle with uh, possibly with uh, bowel cancer. So we need to be praying for Shale as well this morning. So uh, let's, let's even now, Father, in the name of Jesus, over Ryan and Shale, Father, we thank you for the release of healing into their circumstance and touch these mighty people of God in your wonderful name. Father, thank you for your hand upon them. And uh, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness reaching out to them and healing them in Jesus' name this morning. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're thinking of you, Ryan, and we're thinking of you, Shale, and we'll continue to do so. How about we uh, welcome Althea as Althea comes to share her God's story this morning. Okay, now without my glasses on, I can't see the six, so don't worry about that. And there's two people not doing their testimony, so that means altogether I've got 18 minutes. Um, okay, uh, I've got to speak slowly, haven't I? Yeah, because I'm from Liverpool and I'll talk too fast, and you'll not understand a word I say, will you? Okay, in English, I just want to say that God, our Father, God, I don't like saying just God because, you know, other people use that word wrongly. Our Father God is incredibly merciful and gracious and incredibly good. And his word is complete and absolute truth. I brought it with me because I thought I use it as a... Anyway, I won't do it now. Okay, so I'll tell you this story. I've got two testimonies. So the first one is round about this... Uh, last year, a friend of mine was having a viral infection and we're looking a bit grim on the Skype because we Skyped all the time. And um, I thought, I think I'll just nip over and surprise her and just turn up and say, yay, and cheer her up. So I did. And she was absolutely stunned. In England, pardon me, in England, Liverpool, the centre of, you know, the second centre of the universe. <laughs> Jerusalem's the first, Liverpool's the second. Okay, so um, we had a nice week or so. And then we had to keep going to the doctor about something. And uh, eventually, actually, pretty well much today, last year, uh, the diagnosis came through. It wasn't a viral infection. It was a massive cancer, complete, right across, totally untreatable, totally, you know, don't even think about it. Um, so the response to this was quite interesting. Me, of course, I burst into tears. She didn't. She never cried for the whole period. She just said to this high, high fluent specialist, I don't care. I've got God. And she just witnessed to him. Everybody that she came across, everybody. I mean, this is somebody who was very quiet, wouldn't witness to anybody normally. And she just told everybody about the goodness of God. So it was... Um, completely untreatable, so thank God. There was only two visits to hospital, um, which is a blessing. Um, his presence was incredible in the house. There's only me and her in the house. Um, it was wonderful. You know, God talked to her, and she'd come out with her, God just told me this, and God just told me, I'm like, wow. <laughs> She's not charismatic even. <laughs> How could it happen? She's not Pentecostal. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> she was getting all these messages it was brilliant. Um, 
she was never on her own. Uh, if I had to go out, which was forced on me, on me, you know, to go and get food and stuff, and, and I would drive like a maniac, get it and race back like a maniac because she was no, I don't never never want to be on a, uh, away from her. Um, and during that whole process, and I never got caught once by the speed cops, and I'm not suggesting <laughs> that it's a good thing to speed policemen. So um, our friendship actually blossomed. We became deeper in our relationship. It was the most beautiful of times. It was grim. It was gruesome. It was revolting. The things that the body does. It was pretty horrible. Anyway, but our friendship got better and better, and we had the best of times. And I really thank God I was there. Psalm 23, which is, I think, is a song for the living. Total waste at a funeral, but whatever. It helps people. Um, it's, you know, it's things like you'll feast at his table. And we did. Truly, we did. We feasted. I mean... You know, it says, in the presence of your enemies, you will feast at this table. We were in the presence of his major enemy, which is death, which is the last one to be destroyed. And he was horribly present at times. And we discovered that feasting at his table in presence of your enemies is an amazing time. We also used a lot the thing, you know, about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And, you know, when things weren't doing too well, I say, look, it's just a stone in the valley. It's the shadow of death. You can't see where you're going, so sometimes you'll stumble. But it's, you know, come on. We keep on going. At no time did she cry or feel sorry for herself or complain. It was more like, please have a rest. Please just relax. And to me, because I was like racing around like a loony, I was incredibly lonely. I, do, I did things like hugged my Bible because <laughs> I thought the Bible is the word of God, so I'm hugging the Bible, so I'm hugging Jesus. It worked. I understand the scripture, you know, the teeniest scripture in the Bible about Jesus wept. I've always wondered what on earth did that mean? Why did he cry? He knew he was going to raise Lazarus. What was he crying about? So he revealed that to me. I was able to stand at her funeral and talk for ages to many people were not saved, um, talk about the goodness of God. All the way through that process, the word why actually never came out of my mouth because it just didn't. And I really thank God that he protected me from my overactive mind on that time. So I discovered a few things during this process. And I'll go to that in a second. The second testimony, I've just used up my first testimony, I'll stop if he said no. I wouldn't like it, though. So I, that was um, five months, that process. I was devastated. I have to say I was completely devastated. And grief is a horrible, nasty little being. Um, it really is a vile object. Um, I kept saying, uh, I developed a friendship with a, lo- with a local minister. It was lovely. I said, um, the Jewish tradition, you know, you can, you can, seven days you're allowed to weep and say, so after seven days I'm going to feel better, aren't I? And they said, um, possibly not. <laughs> so, anyway. 
So I had to go back um, this year. I, I lose track of time because I've lost so much back and forth. I had to go back uh, to see my dad because basically he's lost his second daughter. That's how close we were as a family. That was my family. I have the rest of my family sitting over here. That's it, <laughs> Jackie <laughs> and my dad now. And so, you know, he's, he's struggling with it. So I, I went over and said, right, you know, I'm here now. And we had nice times and fun. Um, and he said to me, you need to sell the house because we had a house. You need to sell the house. I thought, no. He said, I think you should sell the house. It's too nice a house. So I said, okay, we'll sell the house. Now, this is where the miracle came in. It wasn't the miracle I wanted. The miracle I wanted was the completely destroyed body would uh, get out the coffin. I sat, I sat in the undertaker's and talked to Susan and said, look, if you want to come back, I'll be real happy. <laughs> but, uh, she didn't. Anyway, the house sale and what happened following that was incredible. It just, the, the miracle power of God in, a, in an unexpected way. The house went, was advertised on a Saturday. I saw the agent on Wednesday, photographs taken on Thursday, and the advert went in on Saturday. I went out for the day, took my dad out, and I got a phone call saying the house is sold. In a day? Or we could exaggerate it and say three days. From, from so It was like ridiculous. I was only there for six weeks, and this was part way through. Everything that needed to be done was done in incredible speed. I, I, you know, it's like, you couldn't believe it. All the furniture went, everything was sorted out. All at a supersonic rate. I've learned a lot. I've learned that God is sovereign. I'm, I'm very, 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 very keen on declaring the Bible. As Pastor Gary knows, if he says something to me that's not biblical. I mean, when he says hello in the morning, you know, when you come in. Um... I'm very, very, you know, I want, one, I want a blessing from the Bible. I don't want to be told a legend. It's not in the Bible. Well, it probably is. My testimony at the funeral, my testimony forever is God is good. I'm changed. I was devastated. I would quite happily have died a few months ago. I, I would have been delighted. I was basically saying to people, I just want to know what God wants me to do so I can go. And I've said that to a few people. Uh, I know I said it to Vicky. But um, I haven't done what I need to do yet. So I'm staying. We're in a war. We're in a battle. We have a very smart enemy. But we have an amazing, victorious, glorious God who loves us with a passion, who will not ever fail. He never, ever fails. You might not always get exactly what you think you want, but guess what? Sometimes we want what's not the best thing for us. I've certainly discovered that in life. The Bible is absolute truth. I, and one thing I would say is you can't have too much of the word of God in you. You cannot. I haven't got enough. Every time I read the thing, I thought, where's that come from? I've never seen that before. It's just the word is beautiful and living. And my one passion now is I want to know him. And make him known. There's times in the past when I thought I knew him. But no way. No way. My favorite declaration for me is 
My determined purpose is to know him more deeply and more intimately, perceiving, recognizing, and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, to know the power of outflowing from his resurrection and the bit I never used to like, that I may share his sufferings. I accept that bit now because out of hard stuff, Beautiful things come. As Gina said, out of horrible, vile things that happen in life, beauty and power. And I know God now in a stronger way than I would have thought possible. And I know nothing. I know I know nothing. I probably know about half a percent about God. I used to think I knew loads, but I know nothing. God is so much more beautiful and pure and holy and gracious and good and he loves us with such passion yeah. you know yeah, right. so if I could pray for you yeah. what I would pray if you wanted would be that you would have a passion for him yeah. without <laughs> going through the process <laughs> I would not <laughs> want anybody I really I would not want anybody there was a stage when I said I wish I said to her I wish it was me to go through it because it was horrible and she said no and now I say I'm glad it wasn't me because I would hate her to go through the grief that I went through anyway the good thing is I know for a certainty that God is pure absolute love So without, without having to go through a hard process, if you want more of God, <laughs> if you want more of God, Father, Lord, you are immense, but you want us to know you intimately. You want us to know you intimately. Father, but I pray you would grant revelation knowledge to each one of us that we would know you so, so personally, so intimately that witnessing will just be like breathing, that we will bring all glory and honor to you for your amazing goodness, for the gift of your precious son who shed his blood so that we could live and bring others into the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name, amen.